0: Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic Radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday.
1: Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. Today we are talking with John Romanowski, who is Executive Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Edward Herrera, Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life. We are talking today about a new initiative from the Archdiocese called At Home With Your Faith which is available on the Archdiocesan website, Archball.org. John, first of all, just tell us what is At Home With Your Faith and what are you trying to accomplish with it?
2: Sure. Thanks, Chris. At Home With Your Faith is something that, that we created um, as a online resource just to help and support families who are uh, confined to their homes, they can't go to their local parish, they can't live their faith as, as normally they do and they would like to, and just to try to help them to live day by day in a prayerful way, you know, keeping Christ at the center and in a way that really supports their marriages and their children, their teens, their families, you know. So to offer something hopefully user-friendly with good ideas that ties into the day's readings to whatever feast day or saints day it might be, just to give them that extra support for living their faith, especially on a Sunday uh, while they're at home. I've been talking
1: to a lot of pastors in the last few days, and uh, they acknowledge that they are very frustrated with not being able to share the sacraments and share uh, the faith with their people. But they also understand very clearly that their people are frustrated by this, that they they are hungering for this attention. Uh, Edward, you've got some things on, on the At Home With Your Faith site that are for families with young children, for families with teens, for spouses, what's the advantage of having different resources for different audiences?
3: The reality is the family always looks different depending on whose house you go into, right? And so it's important to try to, to meet people where they're at, uh, to try to provide resources for whatever situations people find themselves in. So that's really been our been our hope is to try to provide resources for all sorts of families, different shapes and sizes and ages.
1: What kind of special things are you planning for Holy Week?
3: I think that's a a big one. I mean, this is the the holiest week of the year. Uh, the Easter Triduum is is something that's just such a a powerful liturgy and uh, so important to so many in the faith. What we've tried to do is to curate a lot of resources, kind of what we find are are the best resources for people to use. But we'll definitely have some excellent. Uh, resources available to for people to be able to to celebrate that liturgy to enter into the liturgy even if it 's um, online from their own home
1: john what do you, what do you think from that
2: well absolutely we do, do we do what we can I, I do want to emphasize maybe just two things one is that you cannot replace in person um, gatherings to worship and you cannot replace liturgy we are a sacramental church, you know, um, we're the body of Christ. So we, we fully understand that. And we also understand the most important thing is to stay as connected as we can with, with, with our people. Um, no matter how good an online resource is, it cannot replace that human contact. So, uh, we know that from our parishes reaching out with a phone call, organizing phone trees, reaching out through video reflections through, even through zoom, like we're using right now, are so, so important to our people. Um having said that, as I would say, we're going to try and offer what we can because families are home and they will, they will be celebrating from home, doing spiritual communion, not not receiving the Eucharist directly. So we'll do what we can and we're constantly adding to it. We're constantly trying to integrate the Hispanic community, the young adult community, you know, the faith formation and bring our uh, whole team to, to do everything we can so families can really fully live their faith as much as possible in this situation.
3: One of the other pieces that we really try to focus on with the resources is to encourage families uh, that are at home together, you know, even if it's just a couple or, or if you have children, um, but to try to figure out ways of uh, encouraging Uh, that deepened level of community within the home that you find yourself in, you know, because I think right now uh, we're really starving for community and for relationships and the more that we can help to foster those. And then if you're home alone to, to identify meaningful ways uh, to, to, forge that community, uh, whether it be online or through a phone call? Because I do think there are so many resources coming, coming at us. Are there ways that we can enter into deeper relationship with those who are most closely around us?
1: Those liturgies of Holy Week, Palm Sunday week, we grasp the palms, we wave the palms, we aren't going to be able to do that. The, the Holy Thursday service with the darkness and the light and all of those senses that, that we are not going to do with the Good Friday Passion of the Lord, where we venerate the cross, none of that we're going to be able to do. So there's so much of these senses that we're not able to use in this time. Is there a way that people at home can do that? Is, is it making sure that you have a cross or a crucifix in front of you while watching the passion that's online at your parish or at the at the cathedral what are ways that people can bring their own senses at home into this when it's very much a sense-oriented celebration
3: we're a sacramental religion as john pointed out right so it's taste touch see smell right all of those coming together to invite us into the divine so uh one thing that we've Uh, been very encouraging of and I've seen pastors around the archdiocese taking pictures of it of peoples with their their home altars, right? Uh, that's something that dates back to the early church, right? St. John Chrysostom talks about having a place where you can enthrone the scriptures in your home. And so uh, encouraging families to do that, right, to have a place of prayer where there's sacramentals, things that they can touch, and then inviting younger children in particular, I think that's meaningful. Of. of uh, those sensory experiences. Uh, so many young families, I, I see the washing of the feet between the the siblings can get a little interesting. But uh, just, you know, I, I think those ways that we can really bring about that tactile is, as you're talking about, Chris, so, so important. But I think the simple way is just making a space, a physical space in your home can be a, a great start to that.
1: John, do you know what parishes are doing to help People prepare for sacraments while they can't go to classes at their parish, you baptism, first communion, confirmation. What are parishes doing?
2: Well, of course, first and foremost, they're, they're reaching out to, to connect with with their families. They're reaching out to, to call them, to invite them into these online meetings, um, and to empower the parents really to say, you know, you, you can continue this faith formation. It's a moment and an opportunity to understand that the classroom model is not the only model. In fact, you know there, there are other ways that we can approach this where you're, you're entering into the kind of preparation and formation that is possible at home. And so I know that they're putting um, different resources into the hands of the parents, offering them guidance of how they can go step-by-step step through this sort of formation to help the, the, their, their children and their teens grow deeper in their faith, and continue their, their faith journey, continue that preparation, even though it's done a little bit differently. So right now, I think that's really the focus, is here's a different kind of process. Here's a here's a resource you can use with that different approach and process. Um, but empowering parents really is, is uh, what it's about. It's almost more turning into coaches as opposed to instructors in the classroom to keep that moving forward.
1: That's an excellent point. We have a little bit of time left in this segment. Edward, can you talk to us a little bit about how you hope to be able to use these kind of resources after the coronavirus restrictions are lifted and people can gather again?
3: It's a good question. And I mean, I I think it's one thing that we continue to think about because we want uh, resources that are most effective for people and most supportive uh, for encouraging people to live out their faith. I mean, one thing we need to remember is the importance generally of the domestic church, right? And living that church out at home. And so the hope is uh, that from this, people will have a deepened appreciation and ability to live that domestic church coming forward, you know? So in whatever ways we can support that, even if it's uh, more limited resources. But I, I think that there is coming from this going to be a deeper appreciation uh, for how we live our faith outside of the parish.
1: That's a great point. Well, we thank you so much for being with us today. We have been talking with John Romanowski who is Executive Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and Edward Herrera, Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life. We're talking about the new initiative by the Archdiocese called At Home With Your Faith. You can find that by going to archbalt.org, and it should be right there, pretty prominent on the homepage. Make sure you stay in touch with your church, stay connected to your, your parish. Participate in online masses and do what you can to stay connected during this crisis. Thanks for being with us, John and Edward. Thank you. Thank you. After the break, we'll talk with some folks from the Pastorate of St. Francis, St. Mary, and Holy Family in Central Maryland about what they're doing to help people get ready for Holy Week. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the newsroom of the Catholic Review. Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore are stepping up to aid healthcare workers by helping to produce face shields desperately needed during the coronavirus pandemic. As of March 30th, approximately 25 faculty and students from eight Catholic schools were using the school's 3D printers to assist in the production of face shields in cooperation with Open Works, Innovation Works, and We the Builders, a few maker spaces in Baltimore City. The Makers Unite face shield project is drawing on maker community members with 3D printers to help produce parts for plexiglass face shields, which are assembled by teams at OpenWorks. The face shields will be used in Baltimore and surrounding hospitals. Joe Oleschuk, Director of Educational Technology for the Archdiocese's Department of Catholic Schools, said the first week of the program was a pilot period as school administrators, teachers, and students pulled together to get printers running and to find additional filament to produce the parts. For more on this story and for updates about the Archdiocese of Baltimore's response to the coronavirus pandemic, visit archbalt.org coronavirus and catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV?
5: Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770.
0: You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
1: Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. Today we are talking with Monsignor Rob Jaskett, who is pastor of the Pastorate of St. Francis, St. Mary and Holy Family. With us also is Karen Nelson, Director of Mission for the Pastorate. Welcome aboard.
6: Thanks, it's great to be here.
1: We're going to talk today with you a little bit about what's coming up with Holy Week and what changes you've made in the parish to try to adapt to reaching out to people without being able to actually reach out and touch them. What are some of the things that you've done in the pastorate to try to make sure you stay connected to folks?
6: We are are reaching out to folks. We were We were moving in this direction anyway, to have the the opportunity uh, to to reach out to folks in in different ways.
7: We moved uh, onto an online campus, creating a space online for our parishioners to really engage. We have started live streaming on uh, as much a daily basis as we can, both from the church and from Father Rob's own chapel in his home. We are creating an online campus for Every parishioner that we can, we've created a faith formation Facebook group for our K through five kids we and families, um, a specific space just for families with ideas for them to, to worship in their homes, um, looking to Holy Week, starting to offer um, ways that they can connect from their own homes uh, to our liturgies. Uh, our parishioners have sent us pictures so we can put them uh, in in the pews, so to speak, with their picture so we can see them and interact with them in Mass. And starting to look at how we do Holy Week with uh, Palm Sunday, we've suggested already to our parishioners to gather some kind of branch or, or uh, plant um, so that they can kind of um, interactively participate in the liturgy uh, with their palm, quote unquote, palm. Um, with those liturgies,
6: and it's been great because all I have to do is is show up. So uh, that's a that's a, a, a good thing. Uh, but it's just it's just a reminder how interconnected uh, we are, and the things that we're doing via technology help us to reach out uh, to to people who may not have had the chance to to, to be with us. So that's been a great blessing. Uh, just yesterday, we got the the first person who joined us uh, after watching live stream. So the idea of the spirit being uh, at work, I think the biggest challenge is just to, to, keep, to keep connected, uh, to keep connected when you're distant, but also I know a number of our families are having the challenge of keeping connected when you're all right on top of each other. So it's been a blessing. I've also, in addition to what we're doing uh, on the website and with technology, using the, the phone uh, to reach out to people, especially to our people who, who are most susceptible are um, our, our, our young at heart, as I like to say, because nobody likes to be called old. Uh, but then also some of our, of our businesses uh, that are, are business owners who may have been, been hit hard by that. And they seem to be coping uh, pretty well. So many of them are just used to me calling when I need something. So it's kind of nice not to, to be asking for anything uh,
1: from them. When you look at the liturgies of Holy Week, and you are a liturgy expert, how are these liturgies going to be very different from what they normally are since we won't have the faithful won't be present in church
6: well and, and that's one of the things that we're looking at both in in the space with the, with the guidelines but but it really for me points out emphasizes the fact that, that this is something that we do together I think we uh, as, as as a staff and as ministers can lose sight of the fact that this is a is a two-way dialogue it's what I used to tell the the class on the Eucharist in the seminary. This is always a dialogue. You are always speaking uh, to someone, whether it's to the people or to, to God. We're going to have things in a tighter space so that we can film them. We're going to um, streamline some of the things. Uh, it'll be a much shorter procession than we had uh, planned with the palms. They asked me to to uh, play the the donkey this year and I again refused Uh,
1: So so that's one of the things that we're, we're looking at. These are some of the things These are some of the challenges that we have by not being able to sit down with each other And I think that that when we're missing The the human connection at times that really becomes difficult for us, especially because Holy week is about how human God was in his divinity and how he suffered as a human as a person so it's really hard for us in this time to not be connected to other people. Do you find that that's what you're hearing from people in the in the parish as they as they get back in touch with you?
6: Oh, absolutely. That that you know, it's one of those things that absence does make the heart grow fonder. Uh, we 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 are hear from people that they they miss us. They 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 appreciate what we do. Uh, but also, I think the readings speak to, to this. Uh, what what a great uh, reading that we had yesterday of, or uh, Sunday, of, of Martha, you know, the challenge of facing grief and and, and suffering, uh, and to be able to see Jesus have a plan, even in her suffering, and to use that plan for the greater glory of God. Uh, it's the story. It's the story of the passion and death of Jesus. It's, it's the, the gift of, of every Holy Week, but I think it's much more profound now, and I will never have. I'll never take anything for granted or focus only on the work uh, that, that needs to be to be done for Holy Week ever again. So I'll always appreciate the people more.
1: Karen, what are the ways that you're preparing your, your folks in the pews, or not in the pews as it were, what kinds of information are you giving them so that they are well prepared to participate in mass that is live streamed and, and other kinds of things?
7: We've been giving out suggestions on how to um, worship when you're from home to fully engage to participate um, is one of the one of the recommendations is just, you know, when you need to kneel, kneel and when you need to stand, stand, participate. We have suggested that that each family create a, a small table or an altar with a cross so that they're ready to to worship together and have that visual as well. So we've just been giving them all suggestions on different ways to really um, participate in a live stream event what that looks like, um, again, you know, bring your palm, quote unquote, palm of some sort to participate on Palm Sunday. Have a crucifix available for Good Friday so that you can venerate. And just different concepts of of how do you have your own sacramental, so to speak, um, to to fully engage and participate in those events.
3: Also,
6: some of the things that we we didn't plan on. I, I live streamed from my house and the crucifix. Um, I, I had added uh, uh, after the example of Mother Teresa of, of Calcutta, Saint Teresa of Calcutta, I thirst at the bottom to remind me that that God thirsts for, for me, that my time in the chapel is never wasted even if it doesn't seem productive. And I got a, a, a text from one of our, our, our families saying, hey, thanks for that. My son, you know, my my four-year-old son asked, what does I thirst mean? And we got to talk about that and the uh, uh, the, the, the crucifix and the, and the cross. So it was a great opportunity uh, to see the way that that even things that we don't intend are, are are helping to reach people as well. He, however, did not reference my homily of two weeks ago, and I talked exactly about that, but he said he used air quotes, so
1: I, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> He's four years old. you to got to cut him a little slack. Well, no, I mean his dad. He talked to his dad about it. So. Oh, got it.
7: We've also um, included a a prayer request button right on our live stream page. So as they're watching, they can interactively ask for a prayer and really getting a lot of requests coming through there for specific intentions, as well as just, you know, for Father Rob, because it's just hard to do uh, for our priests to do alone, to really unite themselves with him in prayer. Um, And I think that's really been a great blessing for our people to be able to interactively um, request prayer and, and to unite as a community in prayer.
1: One of the things you have with your pastorate is you've got more than one location. In the past, would you have gone back and forth between those locations to do all the services during the Triduum and, and Easter? And are you doing just simply a single service now for everybody?
6: You know, it's one of the things that we've been looking at how to do that in, in, in general. So it, it, it kind of comes to the fore at, at Holy Week and Easter. Uh, we were looking at the best use of our, our facilities. Uh, this makes it easier because we only have to do things once. And so as part of a community, we've been looking at how best to do that in general. The challenge is that we have technology and, and updated worship space in, in the one place, but, but not in the other. And so it's a question of how do we reach people? And so we'll be able to reach people through this and then see where we go from, from there. So, but, but the goal of the pastor since the beginning is to provide the same communal experience, but in
1: different locations. We've got just a little bit of time left. What is your hope for all of this once the restrictions are lifted?
6: I just can't wait to, to see people. I'm so excited to be with them and to hear from them and hug their kids and and, and just make contact. Uh, I love to, to tease and to, to be teased by them. And so I just, I want them to know that I miss them. Uh, I love them and I, I pray for them every day.
1: Thank you. Well, we have been talking today with Monsignor Rob Jaskett, who is pastor of the Pastorate of St. Francis, St. Mary and Holy Family, and also with Karen Nelson, who is Director of Mission for the Pastorate. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. This is Christopher Gunty, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
8: Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. THIS MINISTRY IS COMPRISED OF MEN AND WOMEN, YOUNG AND OLD, RELIGIOUS AND LAY, FROM EVERY ETHNIC AND CULTURAL BACKGROUND. THEY PRAY AS INDIVIDUALS AND IN GROUPS, IN HOMES AND MEETING SPACES THROUGHOUT BALTIMORE. LIKE YOU, THEY ARE PEOPLE WHO HAVE SUFFERED THE SAME HURTS, FEARS, PAINS, SICKNESS, LOSS, AND EVERYDAY BURDENS. LEARN MORE ABOUT THIS MINISTRY BY VISITING OUR WEBSITE AT WWW.ARCHBALT.COM If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you.
4: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.